Welcome to the Hello VO Podcast, plain and simple basics to get you started in the voiceover industry with masterclass instructor and voiceover actor, Lisa Foster. All right, welcome. I am so glad you guys joined me. This episode is going to be super fun because we're going to talk about funny voices. And this is a question I get asked often in this industry is, well, what about character voices? What about animation? And I always like to start off by letting people know who are brand new to voiceovers that for the most part, you, you'll, you'll be able to cast a wider net with commercials, uh, general commercials and general narrations. Animation and character voices is what we would consider a specialty demo. And we, we talked about that in another episode of this. But today I want to just talk about animation and character voices. And I've convinced a very special friend of mine to be a guest on today's episode, which I'm really delighted to um, have. His name is Michael Yurchak. And Michael, thank you for joining us today. It's really nice to have you. Ah, oh, it's so nice to be here. I like the fact that this is a very special episode. Remember the the very special episodes of of the kid of the shows we used to watch when we were kids. It was always, you know, Tom Hanks on a very special episode. <laughs> That's, right. That's, That's right. That's so right. We'll be talking about heavy stuff. Yeah, exactly. So tell us all the things. Tell everybody. Uh, tell me who who are you? Where are you? What what do you do? I do occasionally, just so you know, I'll get occasional students coming in to do training that know you from specific things that you have done character voices for. So give us a little bit of your background. Sure. So I've been an actor for about, gosh, I mean, almost 30 years now. I've been doing voiceover for about 25 of those. And during that time, I've done an awful lot of commercials and, and narration and kind of you name it in terms of the nuts and bolts of voiceover uh, work. But somewhere along the way, I, I got lucky enough to start doing some animation work. And mm-hmm. that's the stuff that really has been super, super fun and satisfying for me. And the projects that I've done that people tend to know, the biggest one is really this show called Naruto. And I play a couple of different characters in that. Uh, one is they're kind of alter egos of each other. Spoiler alert. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> one is Toby, the, the silly version of Toby, who's this masked character who then reveals himself to be Obito Uchiha, who it turns out to be sort of the, the Darth Vader of the show towards the end of the run. So I get to play those two guys. I've played Jet the Hawk from the Sonic the Hedgehog games. Yeah. And, uh, and I play a little Christmas elf called Bjorn in the Christmas Chronicles and the Christmas Chronicles 2. There's another very popular anime called Sailor Moon that I play a, a character called Hawk's Eye, who's one of the villains in that. And uh, sort of, you know, a, a large handful of other stuff as well. But uh, those are the, those are the ones that people usually call me out for. Right, right. So, super fed. And you also are a character animation voice coach as well, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you today for uh, just, just to help our students a little bit in terms of what new people, people new to this side of it can expect. So let me start off, first of all, with when somebody is coming into this business and, and they don't have any training at all, that can be a little daunting for some people. Can you Can you speak to that, I guess, in terms of what shouldn't people worry about? What should they worry about when they're getting going on the animation side of things? Sure. Well, so the thing is, is, you know, training, I think, is important. I do mm-hmm. think that uh, one of the things about being, especially working in animation, is that it is 
as much and really I would argue maybe more so about acting than it yeah. is about making voices. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, yeah. So the um what I would say is many people probably know what it feels like, you know, to sing in the shower or mm-hmm. to uh make silly voices when you're kind of hiding under your bed or you know do the do the thing you do when no one's watching. And yeah. that is super valuable and really important and it means that the seed is there, right? It's planted. Mm-hmm. But getting getting comfortable with doing that in a confident committed way knowing that other people are going to hear it mm-hmm. takes a little bit of coaxing even if it comes from yourself and sure. i think that's where the training comes in you know is it, it i think that it's a uh, it's that but in terms of what you shouldn't worry about don't worry about being some kind of a virtuoso shakespearean actor don't mm-hmm. worry about being some kind of a person who can do a thousand different accents or voices where you would never know in a million years that one person is talking to another right now if you can do those things awesome you know that right. that, that stuff is great but what's most important is that you can drop yourself with your imagination into the imaginary circumstances of a script and commit completely to that world as if it were real and play as if your life depended on it. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that anybody really can do. Yeah. Uh, and if you do it strongly, there's no reason why you don't get the job just as much as, you know, just as, as uh, possibly as me or, or anybody else who's out there trying it. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important to point out too, that Coaching and guidance on this is really helpful because otherwise you can just sort of spin around and not really know or have direction or uh, an idea of if you're doing it well or if you're if you're not. So I, you know, you are my animation coach, and I always marvel at the things that you were able to pull out of me that I didn't know, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you help me refresh. I had a character demo from, you know, a thousand years ago that just was not holding up well. You know, we were saying things like cellular phones back then. We didn't call, <laughs> that's how old my my character demo was. So a few years ago, working with you was so exciting to know that there is no wrong, there's just discovery. And that I think is really valuable. So I'm glad you spoke to the coaching part. I want to ask you quickly about, um, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of folks who will say to me, you know, I am, um, I do a really good Homer Simpson, or I do, I can do a really good Mickey Mouse. I, I always caution people on the limitations of imitations in this business. What, what do you, what do you say about that? How, how do you feel about imitations? Right. Well, the thing is, right. The, 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 the short answer is those jobs are taken. Right. You know, <laughs> they, very simply, that's the truth. Now, occasionally iconic characters and there are stories there is a guy who grew up wanting to do you know being doing a perfect daffy duck impression ah. and then got was right at the right age to start his voiceover career had done that and was doing so, like some uh some work and it just so happened that the role of Daffy Duck came around because the other, the actor who right. did the reti- retired or passed, passed exactly. Right. There's there's more than one person who does the same yeah. voice. Probably, yeah. yeah. So it, it. in most cases, especially for those big ones, and this guy happened to be in the right place at the right time and got it. And that nice. that is a huge success story. It's amazing. It's awesome. It is the exception. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and now you, fair listener, could be the exception. And there's no reason to think that you couldn't. And on a practical level, the just doing impressions or just doing uh, sort of, you know, mimicking stuff mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. it's a good exercise, but it's not necessarily going to lead to a job in a new show. Sure. Um, so what I like to think of it as is it, it really is. It's a great way to kind of work out. It's a great way to develop your ear. In other words, mm. like, you know, you can you can kind of hone the fact that if you really are close to the character or the accent or the, you know, or the or the sound, and then you can take it into an improvisational setting where you're not just doing pat lines like, you know, not that the sort of the money lines, but uh, sort of the if you can just keep on speaking that way, mm-hmm. it's it's really, really useful. And you could even do that stuff as kind of an homage. Right. So you could do your golem in, you know, trying to order a ham on rye instead of, a, you know, instead of actually talking to Frodo about Precious, right? So, you know, it's a, you know, because it's the, 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 this sort of way of speaking is not ah, my Precious. I, I'm not, <laughs> doing, but you know what I'm doing. So right. that becomes sort of like, oh, yes, I'm sorry, could you hold the, the pickles now? Oh, yes, Precious. Uh, you know, that kind of, like suddenly we can have that and that's that works that sort of starts to 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 be something else but don't fool yourself into thinking that you're going to get that role cuz you know right. this is probably going to be around for a while <laughs> the only role i thank you for that the only role that i ever got asking for an impression was sarah palin and yeah. I had to laugh because I, I said to them, oh, you couldn't get Tina Fey to do it. And they <laughs> laughed. I said, I said, I can do Sarah. I can do Tina Fey doing Sarah Palin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's actually what people do is we do, yeah. we do the best impression of the best impression. That's is, right. I have uh, my uh, radio partner. We do a podcast as well. And uh, we were on the radio for years and he did the just the funniest old lady voice. And his old lady voice was him mimicking Jonathan Winters, who was a fantastic comedian. So he mimicked how Jonathan Winters did his old lady voice. So my radio partner, I learned my old lady voice from him imitating. It just just became this crazy chain of of one mimic after another. I think it's super fun to develop characters that way. So because you can still make it your own, even though you're mimicking somebody else doing it. Well, and actually, if I can just sort of jump right on that, yeah, please. The thing about that is that all the characters we do, all the voices we do, all the character, all the all the sort of the the things that we play, come from something almost it, it, almost without exception. Really, right. you know, nothing right. that you hear is being spoken or done for the very first time entirely from top to bottom. So the way I always ask people to start out and you, you remember this, I'm sure is Mm -hmm. think about all the characters, all the archetypical characters you recognize as being represented out there. The Mm -hmm. nosy neighbor, the Rick, the, the impish trickster, the, the, uh, the overbearing PE coach, the the villain. Yeah. The sadistic villain, whatever. Right. All of these characters where, you know, you've seen them before now, whether Mm -hmm. you can identify them as, you know, the impish trickster is Bart Simpson or is it Dennis the menace or is it Mm -hmm. Puck? from a midsummer night's dream right that, it, that, whether you know that those are the characters that that play that that type you know them when you see them 
And we all have our version of, you know, the sort of the, the troublemaker kid who's kind of got a little bit of an attitude is going to be a little bit, yeah, <laughs> cause a little trouble. You know, right. that kind of thing is that's in me somewhere, not yeah. because I'm this, you know, genius virtuoso performer, but because I've got tape inside the vault that I can just kind of replay for myself. And, and I know where that sound is coming from. Yeah. Same thing is true. I think that's all we're ever doing when we do impressions is, is, you know, we're, we're, whether it's Jonathan Winters or, or, you know, Robin Williams or whomever, Mm -hmm. you're, you're pulling from something that other people identify with. And that's, that's the part that makes it valuable. Not the fact that you're spot on doing somebody else. I'm interested too in, in, you know, the mechanics of creating a voice. Like I can tell where you're speaking from when you're doing a voice, whether it's the back of your throat or the side of your mouth or from your chest or your diaphragm or or yeah. maybe your butt. Who knows where you're speaking from? <laughs> so let's talk about the mechanics of playing around the 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 physiol uh, what am I saying the physicality mm-hmm. of how to get some of these people out of your mouth where how do you make those decisions and how do you know where to go with that sure okay so this is we can, if i start to get too uh you know sort of anatomical or uh, you know uh, medical yeah. about this you know call me off it but okay <laughs> the, the short story is there's this thing called the vocal tract which is basically like a tube that runs from sort of the center of your chest up your throat through your uh, soft palate, past your vo- your nasal passages, into your head, back down and around and out the tip of your nose, or okay, and, and, and your mouth. It's okay. like it's like a uh, like a shepherd's crook. You can think of okay. it. Like, Got it. That's okay. the shape. It's a thick. It's a it's a big round tube, and that tube you can think of as being sort of rubbery. It's flexible, mm-hmm. but you can't really do much to it like you it doesn't have muscle in it so you can't control it but what what it does have is muscle all around it Ah. so what you do is either by opening or pushing in with a different set of muscles you change the shape of the tube and Mm -hmm. that changing the shape of the tube just like if you were to if you had a a balloon and you blew it up and you pinched the sides of it and then let Mm -hmm. some of the air out you know it's like that that sound, you know, but then if you let it out, it's more of, and you can hear the the change of, of shape. That's all that's happening with your voice. So if I'm speaking with a big chest voice, I'm just opening up and allowing my voice to kind of resonate and come from my chest. Whereas if I'm, if I'm speaking from my throat, I'm just, I've changed the location and I put it into my throat. So this is, you know, this is, hey, get out of here, right? Get out of here, right? And then, uh, you know, if I, if I uh, kind of tip up into my guttural space, this is that, uh, hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. You know, we've got that sort of sound. Yeah, it's so great. I can can go further up into my head. And this is kind of this kind of breathy head voice where it feels almost like I'm, I've pitched way up high, but this Mm -hmm. is really difficult for me to do. It's, I'm not, uh, I'm not speaking in falsetto here, which would sound like this. Right. I'm just kind of allowing myself to be up there. Like, oh, guys, is uh, anybody out there? You know, just kind of just little and frightened. And then yeah. I can drop down into uh, kind of a nasal sound. Right. So I've got this this kind of and I'm what I'm doing now is just 
pressing down on my sinuses, basically changing the way the sound is coming out of my mouth. So you are actually using your hand to no, no, shut no, your no, nose off. Hand. No. Okay. No, not my hand. The, uh, it, inside I can do it. Now, oh, if, I, if I pinch my nose, this one's still, uh, now I am using my hand. Got this, it. This feels almost intrusive, right? Like I, <laughs> it, you have a harder time understanding me. If I let it go, yes. I can do almost the same thing, but without kind of getting in the way of, of so the excellent. So and, good. Yeah. So it's the, the, and then there's one way out in front too, the, the sort of me, 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 like, Hey, that's my cheese. That's kind of this, that, that would be like out. We call it extreme front of mask, but right. that, that sort of journey up and down the vocal tract of mm-hmm. pressing in or opening up, depending on what you want from one or another of those spaces. And there are, you know, there's a, there are, Count uh, an unlimited number of of points along that arc, but those are six kind of big ones. By getting used to what it feels like to kind of find those spots and then be able to manipulate or flexibly uh, kind of get access to them, mm-hmm. you're building. I call it vocal dexterity, right? You're, you're building sort of an agility with your voice that allows you to kind of draw from a place along the vocal track that creates a specific sound. And what I try to do is by looking at the character, both in terms of if I'm lucky enough to have a piece of art to look at, but Mm -hmm. also reading about the character, whatever information I'm given through the character description and stuff that I can glean from the lines, either the things that character says or Mm -hmm. the things other people say about him or her or it. Mm -hmm. I then start to think, well, this is kind of a big guy, but he's kind of timid and he's sort of maybe <laughs> just a little bit uh, shy and not maybe the smartest guy in the room. But, uh, you know, I, I guess yes. he's kind of a, you know, maybe this is the guy. You know, I start to feel him yeah. where he's going to be placed. And that was that one right there. It's like a combo of chest and guttural sound. So it's this kind of like I got, I'm open up in my chest. I'm in my lower register. But. I kind of got that uh, that uh, little bit of a of a bubble in the back of my throat, dear. You know, and now I've started started to give him a little bit of an accent too. So he's you know now he's yeah okay good. And I want to I want to talk about accents, but before we get to that, I also am noticing too that you are also playing a lot with not only pitch where you're going up or down, but you're also playing with what we call dynamic, which is just a fancy word for volume. So you're really layering in whether they're, they speak softly or whether they speak loudly. And we also have to layer in also certain emotions that all the, the, the spectrum of all the emotions that a particular character is going to feel. And then the challenge of staying in character while you're feeling surprised, angry, in love, drunk, exhausted, all those states of beings, uh, a state of being that we have as human beings. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that. But yeah, let's talk about accents because I will often get students who'll say to me, they'll ask me about accents. Is that useful in the industry? And I Tell them generally in the general voiceover industry, not so much unless it's completely authentic. Yeah. You know, I will get people say, well, you know, I do a really good British accent. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you probably don't. I don't mean that in the way it's going to sound. But the problem with that is there's more than one region in the UK, just as there are in the United States of America. There's all different ways of sounding based on where you're from. Generally speaking, the uh, 
general voiceover industry is looking for what we call a neutral American accent. Now, what I tell people, though, is that you don't have to have the perfect British accent or the perfect French or Irish or uh, whatever it is. In fact, you want probably more of a parody of those that will work really great in character in character development. Let's talk a little bit about that. It's, well, I, two things. I think I, I love that you start that way because I think that's true. And the, the thing is, yes, there is some comedic value to, you know, to playing the sort of uh, ridiculous Frenchman instead of actually doing something that is uh, really quite subtle. You know, right? right? <laughs> right. Like the, uh, there, there, there is there. We do have a little bit more wiggle room. That's true. Sure. But whatever you do, it has to be en- grounded in reality enough so right. that it's recognizable. Exactly. And even more than that, and uh, uh, or as much as that, what it has to do, what it has to be, is utterly consistent. So if it starts as something, it has to stay that way the whole way through. Yeah. And that's where most people go off because. Yes, the the I can do a British accent thing comes to me all the time. And listen, a lot of people can do a close a close enough version of it if they could just hold it. But what ends up happening is they sort of they'll start like this and they'll kind of have kind of a thing and then they slip away and then they kind of come back to it. And <laughs> yeah. This, is yeah. Not really, this isn't even really an English accent, but then it also goes away entirely. Right. It, you could dip into Irish and then a little yeah. mid-Atlantic comes in and then you're like kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is that, that that's less, it, it, it feels fun and mm-hmm. honestly, that probably most of the time when people want to do those, it comes from like if you're playing a villain or something like that, where in your mind, the archetype that you're unconsciously drawing from sort of has that kind of set, that nasty sort of mid-Atlantic or almost English sound to it. You know, right. so people like to try that. Yeah. It's cool to do it. Just make sure you're doing it because you really feel it and you really yeah. can hold it because it the, if you can't stay with it for, from top to bottom it kind of defeats the purpose so yeah. it'd be better to hear you just doing a nasty you know than trying to do an english accent which is not necessarily uh everyone's forte which is okay because the sure. truth is like you said it actually is true in 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 animation too there are enough people from across the pond that are actually that that they mm-hmm. don't have to deal with the the discomfort in a session of wait a minute that didn't sound English <laughs> you know or right right or, Jack, or you know uh, whatever um, but you know listen I I I am a guy who has done lots of different accents in lots of different shows and and I I'm lucky enough to have been to have had the opportunities to do them. And it is really useful. It's just, it just, I think that one of the things you just got to, everybody ought to do is dare to be honest enough with yourself to kind of know when you're doing something that's good enough that, that, that you, that it's not even that you have to pass for actually being from there. Although that Mm -hmm. is what lots of projects ask for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's that you have to pass for someone who is like, who is natural enough with their own voice that they're not thinking about it. Cause that's who I always say, the only people who think about their accent are actors doing accents. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. Right. Cause <laughs> I come from Boston and Chicago two heavily accented places. Right. But 
I don't really, be, you know, due to a taskmaster mother who, by the way, had like a fake English accent. Oh, uh, you know, she used to say salmon. Oh, Michael, get, let's have some salmon for dinner. And it'd be like, ah. you know, salmon. What is salmon. salmon? You know, and uh, salmon rusty. What? What? That's yeah. like, but like that's what you you know that's the way she spoke. But she, the, yeah. uh, she would say her forehead. Oh, I've got a, a, a pain in my forehead, Michael. My forehead. There's a, there's a hurricane coming. She also would say hurricane. There's a hurricane, hurricane. coming. Uh, but you know, the, these are you know people have aff affectations that they take on, sure. and you couldn't tell me like you would never dare say well, but you're not really from Boston. You know, yeah. they, well, yes, I am. You know, right. and now I can speak with a Boston accent if I want to. But again, I was a sort of scared out of me as a child. Just scared a, 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 linguist, a linguist could probably pick out certain sounds that I am, sure. you know, using yes. that are, you know, sort of Chicago or right. that are more Boston. You Where know? are my khakis? Where yeah. are my khakis? Where are my khakis? Ah, come on, kid. Get out of here. You know, yeah. there is, but. At the same time, you know, no one would ever think to say, you know, hey, well, that's more like Leeds than it is London, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, that's very that's, true. That's exactly what people do when they're yeah. criticizing other people's accents. So don't give them the chance. Make, whatever you do, make it consistent from top to bottom and then be right. like, yes, it's because my father summered in Leeds, you know, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Right, right, you know? right. And it's just and like, you know, yeah. It, it is, it's interesting because when I'm doing voice evaluations for students who are going to pursue demos and, and get some training, uh, I'm all, always listening for regionalisms, whether they're f uh, foreign accents or just regionalisms within the United States. And mm -hmm. oftentimes, you're very right. It might just be a word or two that I'm hearing something come up sure. uh, that that gives them that gives them away. And so. Those are things to be really aware of when uh, is it creeping in or is it not or is it creeping out? You've got to be spot on with every single word. So I try to make sure they they pay attention and listen to what words those things are creeping in when I'm getting when I want them to have just a neutral American accent. So I love that you're bringing in the fact that it works the other way as well. You don't yeah. want something else creeping in yeah. if you're if you've got to commit to that. So well, and like just really good stuff. Real quick, the easy, the, the best example of that that I can think of is the character, uh, Steve Carell's character of Gru in, you know, all of the uh, uh, Despicable Me and the. And oh, yes, the, yes, the yes. Movies, right. So he's playing something, you know, Eastern Euro something. He's not mm -hmm. playing a particular country. And, and he knows that. But yeah. what he does is sort of, you know, he's, he's everywhere. He's kind of a Russian and also a Eastern European and a little bit like, you know, kind of over the place, you know, and it's, it's, but what he does is he found the sound and the feel and the role of, of right. the, of the, of the dialect for himself and then committed to it so much so that he is able to do it the same way every time, yes. which makes it viable yes if you were floating into russian one day one take and then eastern european the other take and then you it know, wouldn't work yeah it just it wouldn't it wouldn't, it wouldn't work, work. yeah it because it's this perfect amalgamation that he has yeah. kind of landed on yeah so fun it is so much fun all right well let's um let's wrap i want to just ask you one more question what would be and I, and i know so this is so general i get this question often from from people brand new to the voiceover industry and i think you've probably already touched on this 
somebody who's listening to the Hello VO podcast right now, who's thinking about uh, developing character voices, first of all, let's talk about kind of what do they need to think about in terms of how many they should be armed with to even uh, be able to throw together a demo? Um, how many, and and about how long do you think it takes people to really be up and running to to do this sort of work? Ooh, those are those are two big questions. I know I, they are. I know. <laughs> so the one uh, that uh, you sort of sounded a little uh, Minnesotan there. I know they are. Yeah, I think creep in <laughs> and out of me all the time. You know that about me. You've I, do, me. I love it. I love that. <laughs> the uh, yeah. So the in terms of how many, the my my gut reaction to that is don't worry about it. Okay. You know, have fun and play, and you'll probably be fine. Got it. A demo is a minute and 30. It can be as short as a minute. A demo is a minute long. Within that minute, we want to show some range, uh, some flexibility, some skill, and a sensibility and an an ability to kind of get get the gist of of a script. Right. Now... Our rule of thumb at Such a Voice generally is we. I like to have people in, coming in with about eight characters because that tends to fill the space well. Mm-hmm. We can do as many as twelve or fifteen, but generally eight to ten is about is about right. It, it makes it look like and sound like most other demos that are out there. There mm-hmm. have been I have done I have worked with students and done as few as six. And by the way, again, not every character needs to be absolutely outrageous over the top. This one, you know, this one is talking to this one and you'd never know the difference. You know, they it's nice if it can be some if if we can show huge range like that. But it's Mm -hmm. not everybody that does it. And by the way, really great actors, really great voice actors, uh, animation actors are out there who really don't do voices, air quotes. They more they are just actors who play on on you know, on the mic. Um, right. And that's true. That really is true. Little tougher to make a demo that way, but, but, mm-hmm. but it can happen. But so the short answer is uh, the, the short answer is we, I usually like to, to think about around eight, but those eight to 10 to 12 come from looking at material as much as they have. To, they don't have to be eight ready to wear Mm. you know, characters that, that you pull right out of the drawer and, and put on. Some people will have way more than that. There are people listening right now, I'm sure, who are like, well, I've got, I've got 30 that I could do, you know, mm-hmm. and or more than that, you know, and that's excellent. But always remember a demo, the job of the demo and, and, and any job you have uh, for animation, it's not to kind of pull it right off the rack and plug it in and play it. Right. You, you're going to match to the character that that is required given the script. So right. the work let me let me, let me re, let me rephrase that for a second, Michael, to so make sure people understand this. So sure. your demo is really short for demonstration. And this dem this demonstration is your ability to act, play, be versatile, all those things have range. You're likely not going to have somebody listen to your demo and go, we really like that witch on your demo. We want to hire that voice. That's not what the purpose of the demo is. The purpose of the demo is to get you the audition, which might be a completely different character than you have on your demo. Is that a better? Exactly. exactly. I want to make sure people understand. No. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for for making me not so crazy. Yes, (laughs) that's it. And but and the, to that end, right? It's like then the the purpose of working with a coach is to 
play get playful enough right. where as you said you know together you discover or pull for out you know yes. sounds or voices that you didn't even know were there or were there but they were dormant and you forgot they were there or wow. whatever and you know so much you fun. find ways to wake wake some stuff up and yeah. bring them out and then arrive at your you know favorite 8 to 10 to 12 uh, that 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 show up and give them something to say and put those on the demo. And that is that you combine that then with, you know, the kinds of markets you think you'd like to work in, in terms mm -hmm. of different kinds of shows. Is it a Nickelodeon style eight to 12 year old show? Or is it a PBS, you know, two to four year old show? Or mm -hmm. is it, you know, an HBO adult Swim kind of show. Swim, yeah, those are very different, very yeah. different flavors. Yeah. Different and, and different kinds of characters. So, uh, you know, the that's the longer answer is right. um, I say don't sweat it because you're not going to do this. You're not going to walk in and do your demo tomorrow anyway. Mm -hmm. So there are some people who feel like they're ready to do that, but mostly people need to develop stuff a little bit. And that's okay. That's what, that's why you work with a coach or a friend or whatever, you know, or yourself. But mm -hmm. what you want to do is do it as organically as possible so that it isn't just like, you're not just doing tricks. That's not right. what the demo is about. You know? Yeah. Really good advice. I think one other thing um, too, that you said to me that I, I found really valuable and I know this because I'm a coach, a voice coach too, uh, not an animation coach, but a, a general VO coach. You said to me, you don't need anybody's permission to do this. And we often forget to give ourselves permission to do, to, to do this and play and, and go discover. So I just think that's really great advice for anybody who wants to, to get into this arena. Give yourself permission to do it. You don't need anybody else's. So all right. Any last words, Michael? You've been such a delight. Any any final thoughts for uh, for new students getting into this? You know that um, I, I first of all, I'm so touched right now that 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 stuck with you because oh, so that, much. Yeah, yeah, that that is. I think that may be it. You know, it is it is that sense of like get out of your own way and be be nice to yourself. You know the the. the Kids don't judge themselves when they're playing on the playground and we shouldn't judge ourselves when we're playing in the voice booth. It's, you know, judge yeah. it, take a look at it afterwards and, and try to get better at it. But while you're doing it, enjoy it because the process of it, the, 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 the joy of the doing <clears throat> reads in the performance. And yeah. that is an invaluable thing that, that, you know, that, that people that people really relate to and connect to. So mm -hmm. have fun with it. Yeah. Enjoy what you do and, uh, and, and, and dare to be great, you know, cause yeah. it, it's, uh, that's the, that's what it's all about. There's a saying that goes something like this. A person who is not afraid of looking like a fool gets to do a lot more dancing. And that is true in voiceovers and that is true in life. That's exactly it. That's yeah. it. Yeah, you did it again. You that I should just take you with me wherever I go. You, you summarize the things I say much, much better than I do. So good to hang out with you, Michael. I'm uh, very proud to call you a friend and a mentor and a coach. And I really appreciate your time today. And um, yeah, thanks so much. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, I, likewise, on all accounts. Thank you. Goodbye. Hello, VO. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Hello, VO, I'd love to talk to you. So take advantage of booking a short one-on-one -on -one consultation call with me. I'll evaluate your voice and give you some guidance on voiceovers. 
So head to lisafoster.com and click the Voice Evaluations tab. It's free. I'll send you a link to grab a spot on my calendar so we can talk about talking.